All right, well, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Good. Happy Thanksgiving. If I've not yet met you, my name is Nick Cadoon. I'm one of the pastors here at Airdrie Alliance Church, and it's great to, uh, to have you with us today, especially on this day, you know, Thanksgiving Sunday, and as we're in our current series, which is uh, about the God who heals, right? We've been learning throughout the scriptures the last number of weeks that, that Jesus Christ really is our healer, Amen. He really is. And on, and on this day, we have so much to be thankful for as he continues to heal our bodies, as he continues to open up our minds and our hearts to these maybe new to us, yet old truths, right? They've been here for, for as long as we've, we've known. The scriptures, God, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the same God we see in scripture, he's the same God who is alive and active today. He's not just the God who healed, but he's the God who heals he is the God who heals. So we have so much to be thankful for today. Uh, as part of the denominational family known as the Christian and Missionary Alliance of Canada, one of our, our theological distinctives, those, those things that kind of make us us, right? Those things that this denomination was built upon, it's the foundation. One of our distinctives is that healing, right? Physical, supernatural, divine healing, it's just as available to us today as it was some 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus walked the earth. And, and his gift of, of healing, it's not just something that, that's available you know, only to a specific lucky few, right? No, his healing is, is, is provision purchased for us through the atoning work of Christ on the cross. His healing is available to each of us today because he's the God who heals. Now, we've been talking a lot in this series about how God wants to heal our bodies, Right? We've been talking a lot about how God wants to you know, remove sickness and pain and ailment from our physical selves. He wants to give us strength. He, he wants to make us well. He does. And it's important to note that his desire isn't just to kind of you know, reverse whatever happened and magically make it seem as though it never happened in the first place. But he actually wants to redeem and to restore that which has been damaged by sin, right? He wants to. He wants to redeem and restore. This is, this is the story, the meta narrative of all scripture. It's the story of God, creation, fall, redemption, and then restoration. He wants to restore all things. And as we've already discovered in the series, we know that on, on a macro level, right, a big level, not, not a micro individual level, but a, but a macro level, that all sin is a result of, sorry, all sickness is a result of sin, right? It is. Upon sin entering the world through our first parents, Adam and Eve, we see sickness, pain, sorrow, death. This, this was the result, friends. And Jesus has come in order that he might save us, heal us, deliver us. The Greek word is sozo. Save, heal, deliver of, of all those nev uh, devastating and negative uh, effects of sin. And that includes sickness in our physical bodies. What, what, what do we read in Psalm 103? Psalm 103. Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Did you catch that? All your sicknesses, all your pains, ailments, your infirmities, all those issues in your physical body. He's not only the, the God who saves us and who forgives all of our sin, but he is also the God who heals us of all of our diseases, broken bones, Deaf ears, infected sinuses, lesions you know, on the brain, celiac disease, chronic vertigo, fevers and colds, stage four cancer. These are our stories. 
He, he is the God who heals the physical body. And this is his heart. This is the Father's heart. That we will be healed, restored of all the negative effects of sin in our lives. Including a sickness and physical ailments. We believe this. We, we know this. We pray for this. We expect this. And we thank God for this, right? We do. God is the healer of our bodies. But a question remains. What about our hearts? What about our souls? Is it also the Father's heart to redeem and restore, you know, to heal those broken places deep inside of each of us, deep in our souls? I believe so. If you want to come with me to John chapter 10, 10, listen to these words of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief, the devil, the enemy of our souls, the father of lies, Satan, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He comes to rob us of life. But I, says Jesus, I have come that they, that that we, that you, that you might have life and have it to the full. Abundant life, right? That's what he wants for us. Life the way the Father intended it to be back at creation, back at Genesis 1. Us living in perfect harmony with, with God. He says, I've come that you might experience that kind of life. I want to restore all things. In all areas of your being. And that includes not only our spirits and our physical bodies, but includes our souls as well. And having been created in the image and likeness of God, right? And God God is three persons. We know that. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is three persons. So it's 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 interesting, or it shouldn't surprise us actually, that, that we have been created, scripture says, as tripartite beings. All right. Paul talks about this in in First Thessalonians 5:23. He says, May God Himself the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. So make you holy through your whole being. May our whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here is that we are made up of three parts, right? Tripartite beings. We're made up of our spirit, that, that place in us that has become deadened by, by sin, and he wants to make that place alive. And so upon salvation, he comes and he, he restores us. He makes us fully alive to him. And he indwells in our spirit by his spirit, the presence of Christ in us. That's our spirit. Then there's our body, right? And that's our physical selves, our arms, our legs, our torso, our organs, right? The physical self. And then Paul says there's also a soul. That's, that's the inner being of the individual. That's, that's the inner us. That's the seat of, of emotions, the mind, the will, We're made up of body, spirit, and soul, says Paul. And Christ has come not only to redeem our bodies, he's also come to redeem our souls. And so you see, whether you know it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, each and every one of us has, to some degree or another, areas of brokenness deep in our soul. We all do. I do, friends. And unfortunately, it's just part of the, the human experience, right? We go through kind of negative experiences. We look at Jesus. Even he had this. He, he was betrayed. He was rejected. He was renounced by Judas, by Peter. You don't think those incidences kind of hurt him at that deep emotional level. I think they did. Hurt is part of the human experience. That's unfortunate, but it's, it's true. We've all had those things maybe said or done to us by someone we trusted or loved that deeply wounded us. Maybe, maybe something that was said to you by someone that you trusted and they abused that trust. Maybe growing up you had an absent father or an abusive parent. Maybe your innocence was stolen at a young age. 
Maybe your spouse left you for someone else or you unexpectedly lost someone you loved. Your kids have walked away from the faith, man. They're, they're doing you know, illicit activity. Maybe you were bullied as a kid, beat up, shoved into lockers, called names, made to do things that shamed and embarrassed you. Maybe you screwed up, made a mistake, you destroyed trust with someone and, and now you have to you know, face and live with those consequences for the rest of your life. Maybe you just never really felt wanted. You never felt accepted, needed, loved. And now because of these experiences, whatever they've been, whatever they've been, there is a resulting wound deep down in your soul, deep inside of you. And there are these things that we sometimes try to ignore, right? There's these wounds that we try to mask over and treat on our own. We try to self-medicate, overeating, overworking. We binge drink, we indulge in pornography, we, we emotionally kind of stonewall, right? I, I'm not going to let anyone in. I'm not going to trust anyone. I'm not going to let them see the real me. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I can't do that. We try to self-medicate. We try to protect ourselves. And we, we hope and we pray that somehow these, these self-medicative modes might, might try to heal that inner being, make us feel better, but to no avail. And so instead, we find ourselves surviving rather than thriving, Right? We find ourselves getting through life instead of joying, man, every day that God has given us. And we are living a less than abundant life. And this grieves the Father's heart, it does. Even now, I think as I'm talking about this and kind of going through the list, I think some of you are uncomfortable. Some of you are feeling kind of emotionally painful in, in your spirit. Maybe some of you are angry, you're like, why are you talking about this on Thanksgiving? Come on, man, it's supposed to be a happy day, Right? I think some of us are trying to shove back down to the bottom of our souls that which is right now trying to push to the surface, trying to shove it back down, bury it. And what you're feeling right now, friend, is a, a wound of the soul. It's a wound. That's what it is. And it needs to be healed. The good news that I'm bringing you this morning, friends, is that our God is the God who heals, Right? He is, and he doesn't just want to heal our physical bodies, but he, he wants to heal our, our souls as well. He does. He wants to do this because he loves us, and because he's good, and because it's his desire that each of his kids would live that abundant life that Christ died to give us. So why don't you turn with me to Psalm 147. Psalm 147, if you have a Bible, you can go there now. The words will also be on the screen so we can kind of participate that way, but I want to read for us this passage that I, that I want to use as the foundation for the rest of our, our time this morning, all right? Psalm 147, starting at verse 1. And I love this. It's like, it kind of just worked really well. It's like Thanksgiving. And how, how does the psalmist start? He says, praise the Lord. Or give thanks to God. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Verse 2. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. While God is the, the healer of broken bones, as the psalmist is saying here, he's also the healer of the broken heart. Now, before you dismiss this psalm, or simply you know, meaning that God heals those who are dumped in high school by their crush, right? Or worse yet, God, God heals those who kind of never received that reciprocal kind of swipe to the right. Do you know what I'm talking about? All the millennials are kind of laughing and they're kind of feeling guilty right now because they know what I'm talking about, right? Or like worse yet, this is not like a country song like, oh God, heal my broken heart. You know, like the twangy bad country music. This isn't what the psalmist is talking about, okay? 
No, what the, what the psalmist is saying here is that, is that God, God is the Rapha. He, he is the healer, the repairer of those whose, whose hearts have been broken. They've been injured. They've been crushed. What's interesting here is that that word used for heart in, in Hebrew, lab, it doesn't mean that muscle, you know, that, that pumps blood through our, our arteries and, and veins. What, what lab actually means, it's referring to, to that inner person, the inner being. It's, it's the soul, friends. It's the mind, the emotions, the will. The psalmist is saying here that, that God is the healer of our, our souls. It's his desire that we will be holistically healthy, spirit, body, and yes, our soul. He wants to heal your soul. Did you know that? He wants to heal your soul. Something else we note here in Psalm 147 is how the writer states that, that, that God is the mender of, or he binds up our wounds. Back to that idea of God as our healer. When we think of wounds, we kind of think immediately of like physical ailments, right? Bro- broken bones, torn ligaments, things like that. That's what we kind of go to, right? Wounds, bro- brokenness, a physical brokenness. Uh, this summer, we had kind of a first experience in our household. My son, Maverick, he turned five just a number of weeks ago. He broke his leg. He, uh, he fractured, it was like a week before a kindergarten started, and he fractured his leg, his right leg, right below the knee. And um, unfortunately, it was actually kind of my fault. So uh, no, no <laughs> confession moment, right? Um, no judgment. No, uh, we're, yeah, anyways, here, I'll, I'll tell you the story, okay? So we were playing on the trampoline. My son uh, and my daughter and I, the three of us were kind of wrestling and playing around. And I had Avelyn on my back, my daughter, and she was kind of holding on, wrestling. And Maverick had run off and gone underneath the trampoline and was laying on his back on the ground and kicking up at us from underneath. And so as he was kicking up, kind of not realizing I was playing with Avelyn on my back, and I dropped to my stomach. And, and as his legs pushed up, and so I landed with my weight on his legs, and I could feel his legs buckle underneath me, and I felt a snap. Like, I heard a little pop sound, and then he starts, like, this guttural, like, Ooh! like I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I done, right? I've killed my son. And um, so we took him to urgent care, and they did some x-rays, and they're like, nothing's wrong. He's fine. He just, he just injured. It's probably sprained. So I'm like the empathetic dad. I'm like, all right, walk it off, bud. Like, well, come on, man. So for a week, he's like scooting around on his bum, and I'm like, come on, man, you can walk. So after seven days of that, we took him to Children's Hospital. They did another set of, of x-rays, I think four x-rays, and they're like, yeah, his leg's fractured. So it's like, oh, man, now I feel doubly bad. Like, I did, I kind of, I kind of assisted, and then uh, now I'm making you walk. You know, but he was great. Kids are so resilient, right? And, uh, and he's healed up now. It was only like five weeks ago that happened, and he's like running around, jumping on the trampoline again. He's doing great. But physical injuries, right? That's what we kind of think of when we, when we hear that word wounds. Wounds. But this is not actually what the psalmist is talking about. This isn't, this isn't what he's referring to. Rather, when he says um, this word wounds, we translate in English as wounds, but in, in Hebrew, it's atzebeth. Atzebeth. And, and it actually refers to emotional uh, injury. It refers to sorrow, to, to, to pain, to sadness. It's an inner wound, friends. It's a soul wound. And these are the kind of wounds, says the psalmist, that the Lord heals. God, God is the healer of the soul, friends. He, he's the mender, the repairer of, of our emotional wounds. Why? Because he longs for his kids to be well. Spirit, body, soul. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. And we can trace this idea that God actually cares about the inner us. We can trace it all throughout Scripture, both Old and, and New Testament. Psalm 34, 18 the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He, he is near to them. He's in proximity to the brokenhearted and he, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isaiah 53 verses four and five. 
Surely he, Jesus, he took up our our pain, our external physical ailments, and he also bore our suffering, our, our internal wounds, the anguishes of the soul. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. What about John 14, 27? Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, right? And he says this, he says, peace I leave with you, my my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's saying, I care about the inner you. I care about your soul, your emotions. What about Matthew 11, 28? Again, not explicitly about healing the soul, but listen to these words. This is an invitation from Jesus. He says, come to me, All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your inner being. God is for us, friends. He cares about what's going on inside, not just our physical bodies, not just our our spirits, but he cares about our souls. He's for us. He's with us. He is the healer of the soul, and this is what he came for in the person of his son, Jesus Christ is to make us well. Isaiah 61 is another one of these chapters, these references that talk about this. You guys can turn there if you want. Isaiah 61, this is a prophetic passage. It's kind of been a theme verse of ours the last year. And this is, this is Isaiah kind of prophesying, pointing towards the Messiah, the, the coming King Jesus. He's saying this is what he will fulfill. This, this is his role. Listen to what Isaiah says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He will be on Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Here again, God is attributed as the one who heals those who find themselves crushed inside, those who, whose hearts are broken. He's the healer of the soul. But not, but not only that, Isaiah says also, he has come to proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness the prisoners. Some of you here today are being held captive by the wounds of your soul. Whether it's feelings of shame, guilt, condemnation, fear. Feelings of never being good enough, never measuring up. Never being noticed, always feeling like you're, you're unimportant or you're last. And this is captivity. Or maybe it's the lies that you've believed or have been led to believe about yourself. Lies like, I'm unlovable, I'm, I'm alone, I'm too far gone, I can't trust anyone, I can't trust God. These are lies, friends. These are, these are lies of the enemy, the father of lies, the thief whose who's, who's mandate it is to rob us of life. If you want to experience the life that Jesus came to give, we have to be free Uh, of these lies and these false beliefs. And I bring you this morning good news. Friends, Jesus has come to set you free. He's come to heal your soul, to bring freedom to those of you who would accept it. But that's, that's the kicker. We have to accept it. We have to be willing. We have to say yes. I think one of the greatest and most grievous lies that we have believed is the one that says time heals all wounds. Have you heard that? Right? It's kind of a a cultural saying. Maybe we say it to ourselves. Time heals all wounds. Friends, this is a lie. 
Time doesn't heal all wounds. As our friend Rob Reamer, our friend and mentor, as he, as he says, time only masks all wounds. It, it dulls them. It, it normalizes that raw pain in our, in our emotions. But it doesn't actually deal with that root issue in our souls. No, time, time does not heal all wounds, friends. Only Jesus does. Jesus came to heal our souls. He came to free us from the shackles of, of lies and fear and unforgiveness and bitterness family sin patterns, demonic strongholds. He, he came to heal the wounds of our souls. He came to heal us and bring us abundant life. Our God is the God who binds up the brokenhearted and who heals the soul. And his provision for this, this soul healing, just, just like his provision for physical healing, friends, it is ours in Christ. It's available to us even today. All right, so how do, how do we take hold of this soul healing? How do we take hold of that which is ours in Christ? How do we experience or begin you know, walking into this, even today, this morning? How do we begin? I want to give us kind of some steps in the remaining of our time, some tangible steps. But even before I get into that kind of practical application, I just want to say this. The first thing we need to realize, friends, is that God is for the healing and the transformation of our souls. God is for the healing of our souls. Friends, he's good. He's good. He is always good. He's intrinsically good. He can't not be good. It's just who he is, right? And regardless of what has happened to you in the past, whatever tragic, horrible things have happened, right? regardless of what happened you know, this past month in places like Mexico, Edmonton, Las Vegas, friends, regardless of what has taken place, he is still good. He is still good. In him there is no darkness at all, only light. He is good. And I want to tell you this this morning. He is good to you all the time. He's good to you because he loves you. He really, truly loves you, and he wants what is best for you. It's also important to note that God's not into shaming his kids. All right? He's, he's not his, it's not his heart to embarrass us or to shame us or to condemn us for what we've done or what has been done to us. Right? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? There's none. That's not his heart. And if you're feeling, you know, right now, these feelings of shame, condemnation, guilt, fear, I'm telling you that's not from him. It's not. That's actually a tactic of the enemy to keep you where you are, to keep you down in the, in the mud of your, of your life. He wants to keep you shackled and wounded and broken, to keep you there, keep you from experiencing the abundant life that Christ came to give you. God is for you. He's for the healing and the transformation of your soul. And he will only lead you into freedom, into healing, into restoration, into fullness of life. That's who he is. He's good. So if this is something that you're struggling with, you know, to anchor yourself into, that idea that God is good, that, that he's good to me, that he's good to you, I think that's a sign to you that deep down inside of your soul, something's off, that there's a wound there, that he's just longing and, and waiting for you to give him an invitation to come in and do what only he can do to bring his healing. But he needs your invitation. He needs your invitation. Something else we need to know about God is that he's a gentleman. That word doesn't actually pop up in scripture, but we, we can kind of summarize who he is. We can say he's a gentleman, right? And he's never going to force himself upon us. That's not who he is, right? Even if it's for our best interest, he's not gonna twist our arm and, and make us become healed, no, he, he gave us free will for a reason. He wants us to come to him and to humbly ask for it, to, to be willing to invite him. He's waiting for an invitation from you. 
And so maybe today for you, your prayer or your starting point could be something along the lines of, God, I want to believe that you're good. God, I want to believe that you want to heal me. So would that be true? Would I experience your goodness today? Would I know it in my heart? I think another step for you today, friend, if you're struggling you know, to believe in the, in the goodness of God or that he's, he's for you, it's simply this. This isn't a fix-all, but this is an amazing resource. It's to pick up this book called Soul Care. It's on Amazon. It's like 15 bucks. It's well worth it. And there's nothing you know, special or magical about this book. What, what the principles that we've seen here, it's all, it's all rooted in Scripture. It's All of it is rooted in Scripture. And I, and I assure you, if you take these principles and begin to apply them to your life, to journey with some, some kind of special, trusted individuals and start applying these truths to your life, God will begin to heal your soul. I know it from personal experience. It is true. It's a great starting point. All right? God is for the healing of your soul, but he's waiting for an invitation. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to, to let him in. All right, so, so what, what are the practical steps that we can start taking, even this morning? Or how can we experience healing in our souls and begin walking into this provision that Jesus has made available for us? Well, first, friends, first step, we need to grow in the ability of identifying what's really actually going on deep down in our souls. It's growing in self-awareness. We need to be able to identify what's going on. You know, too often I think we find comfort in not knowing what's happening deep in our souls. Do you know what I mean? We kind of like being ignorant, don't we? And so we say to ourselves, you know, that what we don't know can't hurt us. We say that, don't we? What we don't know can't hurt us. But we know that this isn't true, friends. What our friend Rob Reamer likes to say is that what you don't know, what you fail to identify, is likely already killing us on the inside. If you don't trust me, just ask your spouse, all right? Someone's sitting beside you, you're squeezing their hand, now suddenly you're not, you're like, oh no, right? Engage in this, this activity this afternoon. Go home and ask your spouse, say, hey, is there something in me that I just don't see? Is there something in, in me that maybe I'm just blind to? Is there an area in my soul that I, you think I might need healing? And now depending upon how, how good your relationship is, how solid you are, maybe the answer is going to be along the lines of like, hmm, that's interesting, or like maybe. Or, or on the other side, it's like, you think, right? Those like epiphany moments. I'm like, come on, I've been working at this for 10 years, you know? But I, I just do it. It's a healthy exercise to start growing in self-awareness. It's to engage to solicit kind of the input of those around us, the closest proximity to us. Ask your spouse, man. Ask your, your siblings. Ask your friends. Is there something inside of me that I just can't see? You know that saying from Scotiabank, you're richer than you think? You know, I think it's kind of like you're sicker than you think, you know? <laughs> just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. We can laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. So, self-awareness, though, friends, it really is one of those, those keys to, to experiencing healing in our souls. And because what we don't know, what we can't identify by name, we, act, we actually can't bring it to Jesus. We can't bring it to him effectively. We will never walk above our level of self-awareness. That's another Rob Reamer quote. We will never walk above our level of self-awareness. It's kind of like a cap. That's why we need to increase it, friends. Self-awareness is the gateway to healing the soul. It, does, it doesn't guarantee healing and soul transformation, but we can't get there without it. Does that make sense? You see, without acknowledging the wound itself, not, not just the symptoms, but the actual root, right? Anger, that's a, that's a symptom. Overeating, anxiety, stress, those are symptoms. We've got to go after the root. 
and without discovering and pinpointing why we act the way we do or, or what happened to us to make us feel that way that we're feeling or, or who we need to forgive and surrender to Jesus without really going after the roots, friends, without identifying these, these points, we're never going to find true, full healing the way that Jesus wants to bring us. And that's why we need to go after and grow in this ability to identify what's going on deep inside of our hearts, to look beyond the symptoms and go after the roots Go after the soul anguish. And this takes work. It does, right? It takes work. It means diving into those murky waters of our souls and bravely and courageously kind of going where we don't want to go. It involves revisiting past painful memories. It means talking about those things that we've never talked about before in our lives. We've got to do the hard work. We have to take Jesus there, we have to allow him entrance into those deep places of our soul because, friends, he wants to heal us. And so may the Lord grow you in identifying what's truly going on deep in your inner being. May he grow you in that ability to see deep into your soul. And if you're just kind of hit like a roadblock, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if it was Sandy or Doug Balls or Rob Reamer or some other cool dude who made up this saying, but ask Jesus, right? He knows stuff that we don't know, (laughs) And so if we're kind of stuck, man, just ask him and he, he will, he'll show you. He'll lead you into that truth, all right? The second step to experiencing healing in our souls, friends, it's to be honest about what's going on in our souls. It's to be honest. So the kind of, maybe it's like self-awareness part two, right? There's the identifying, but then there's also the being honest about it. And, and you know, I think so often that we're kind of, we kind of like not knowing. We kind of like kind of keeping that stuff hidden. We think, again, time's just going to heal that, that wound. And at times, I think we just refuse to acknowledge that there actually is an issue. I've been there. Right? We can't heal that which we're not willing to admit. We can't heal that which we will not admit. And it's true. Willingness, honesty about our faults, our weakness, our brokenness, it's vital for experiencing that deep soul healing that Jesus longs to bring each of us. I was reminded this, this last week of a story from John 5. Pastor Sandy touched on it a few weeks ago in this series. John 5, it's the pool of Bethesda. There's a, a man, he's 38-year-old, he's an invalid, he, he's crippled, he's been living on this mat. And, and Jesus comes to him, and what does Jesus ask him? Do you remember? What's the question that Jesus asks him? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Friends, you need to be willing. Just like this man at the pool needed to be willing to not only identify the wound, but willing to allow Jesus access into that deep, dark place of your soul. And then to bring what only he can bring. Like I said, God's not going to force himself upon you. If you don't want to be healed, he, he's, he's going to honor that. Instead, he's waiting for an invitation from you. But you have to be willing. And you have to be honest. So let, let's be honest with ourselves that there actually is an issue. And let's be honest with him. And let's be honest with one another, right? Another one of these things that Rob Reamer talks about is how if you've sustained a wound in the context of community, it's only within the context of community that you can find true healing. So we actually need one another. It's called, called the body of Christ for a reason, right? Let's bear one another's burdens. Let's do this together. We need to be honest. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be willing. Let's ask God to come in and heal us. The third step to experiencing healing from our, from our soul wounds is this, friends. It's to cooperate with the healing process. Cooperate with the healing process. Now, now what do I mean by this? It's quite simple, really. You need to go where Jesus is leading you. Remember, friends, that he's good. 
And he is good to you. And he's not into shaming or embarrassing you, right? And I think sometimes we get hung up here, don't we? We're like, we're so worried, we're so caught up that I'm gonna look foolish, I'm gonna cry so hard that my eyes are gonna be all blotchy red for a week, I'm gonna snot everywhere, uh. And we get so worried, and you know what? You probably are gonna cry, maybe, I don't know, but there's probably these things that might feel uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, they're good and they're healthy for you. And Jesus wants to lead you there because he's faithful and he's good, he is trustworthy, all right? So we need to trust him, he's not gonna shame us. We need to cooperate with the process, and you need to let him lead the process, you need to ask, say, say yes to him, regardless of what he asks. T- turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, all right? This is a healing story from the Old Testament. And while it's a physical healing story, I think the principle here in, in, this, in this, uh, this narrative is, is so healthy for us and helpful for us today, all right? So here's the story of this, this guy named Naaman. Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram, all right? He's a valiant soldier, a courageous, brave man. He's, he's like the general. I think this dude's like scarred up head to toe, you know what I mean? He's, he's like, he's legit, he's buff, he's, he's got like probably just like nine abs, not even eight. He's got an extra ab, like Batman, he's just that. That jacked, you know what I'm talking about? And this guy is like the valiant warrior, and yet, as we see in scripture, he also has leprosy. That sucks. General of the army, right? Commander of the army, and yet he has his leprosy, and he wants to be healed. And so as the story goes, right, through a bit of like telephone tag kind of a thing, he said this, and she said that. Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, he overhears this conversation that's happening. He hears that Naaman wants to be made well. And so the Lord dictates through Elisha that naming is to go and he's to dip in the Jordan seven times. He's to wash seven times. And if he does that, he will be healed. He'll be made well. And it sounds easy, right? It sounds really easy. Go and wash seven times and you will be made well. But look at verse 11. What happens? But Naaman went away angry, and he said, I thought that he would surely, Elisha, come out to me, and he'd stand there, and he'd call upon the name of the Lord, and he'd wave his hands over the spot, and he'd cure me of my leprosy. He gets angry, he's ticked off. He says, no, I'm not gonna do it because God, you should have healed me this way. And I think he's actually starting to dictate to to God what the healing should have looked like, what the process should have looked like. And I think this is a prophetic word for some of us today. For some of us today, instead of humbly and and obediently accepting the, the, the process of healing that the Lord has put before you, You've dictated to him how it should have looked. And in doing so, you've become uncooperative. You've become unwilling. And he's wanting to do this work in your soul, but you're actually not allowing him to. And the healing that you desperately want, the healing that you so desperately need, hasn't yet happened. And you kind of wonder why. You say, God, where are you? God, what's wrong? What's going on? Friend, you need to cooperate with the process. Cooperate with the process. So who has he asked you to forgive? You see their face, don't you? You have their name in your heart. You need to forgive them. You need to release them. Or what what has he asked you to let go of? Is it pride? Is it self-dependence? Is it bitterness? Is it a false view of who God is? Is it a false view of who you are? I'm telling you today, you need to let it go. Let it go. Or what's the lie that he has identified to you that you need to renounce 
Is it that he's not good? Is it the lie that showing emotion is somehow showing weakness? Is it the lie that you are unworthy, you are unloved, you are unseen by him? Friend, renounce the lie. Rebuke it, call it what it is. It's a lie. And tear that lie down from being a banner over top of you and and instead declare truth of God's word over you, that you are loved, that you are chosen before the foundations of the earth were laid, that God's eye is upon you, that you are his special prized possession, that you're his son, his daughter, that he has adopted you into his family, that you're special to him, that his love for you is unfailing. what's, What's the healing process that he has called you to walk It's going to be very different from the person beside you to your right and to your left. You know why? Because you're unique and God has a unique healing process and plan for your life because he loves you and he wants what's best for you. But you need to cooperate with it. You just do. And when you do, just like our friend Naaman in 2 Kings 5, when you you cooperate with the process and just like Naaman went and he washed seven times, what happens? His flesh is made well. Like a young man, his skin is made well. So stop fighting him. Stop running and instead just submit. Let him lead you. Let let him lead you to your healing. He's good. He knows things that we don't. He wants what's best for you. He's good to you. And he wants you to be made well in your soul. Finally, how how can I experience healing today? How can I start walking into this? This is the final step. Step four, It's, it's this. We need to realize that it's only in the presence of Jesus that true inner healing takes place. We need to remain in his presence. John 15, remain in me, right? Apart from me, you can do what? That's right, nothing. We need to remain in the presence of Jesus because it's there and only there that true inner healing takes place. It was actually uh, two years ago next month that we were at... um, a pastors and prayer retreat, uh, or pastors and spouses prayer retreat, sorry. So all the kind of pastors, the missionaries, the spouses of, of our denominational kind of family within the context of Alberta, we get together once a year for a time of praying together, worshiping together, you know, getting this great solid biblical teaching, encouraging each other. It's kind of a good family bonding moment. There's about five, 600 of us kind of hang out in Lake Louise for a few days. It's, it's awesome. We're gonna be going again in a month to prayer retreat. It's an annual thing. We love it. It's, it's good. Um, and so as we were there, one of the exercises in the main kind of time together was to break into small groups. And uh, in this, these small groups, you know, seven, five, six, eight people, to minister and to pray for one another. And so I, I found my way into a group. I knew a couple of the individuals there, but not everybody in the group. You know, it's kind of a big family, five, six hundred of us hanging out together. And so we're sitting in this, in this group and we're, we're starting to minister and pray to one another. Or pray, not to one another, sorry. We pray to Jesus, by the way. Um, we pray over one another, right? And start to minister to the individual and allow Jesus just to do what he wants to do. And, and it comes to my turn. And as I'm sitting there, I'm starting to feel kind of like anxious and sick in my stomach. And I start feeling very kind of unworthy and, and alone, really unloved. And it was strange. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I was just like in a moment of vulnerability. I don't really know these people with me, but I'm just going to be honest. This is what I'm feeling. And I think I clearly need prayer for something that's going on in my soul. And so we, we prayed and we just asked the Holy Spirit that he would kind of bring to mind what's deep down, what the root of the issue is, right? That self-awareness piece. So we did that. We prayed, Holy Spirit, show me. And, and immediately I was taken back to a picture of grade six. I'm like, grade six, man, that's like 17 years ago. And, um, 
I'm like, what the heck? That no, it can't be okay. Jesus, show me the real memory, the real root of what you want to get at. And, and still that picture of grade six. So it's like, okay, I think the Lord wants to do something here. And here I was, 11, 10, 11-year-old boy. I was in the bathroom at lunchtime. I was crying. I was all by myself eating lunch because nobody wanted to be my friend. I was bullied. And I, and I saw this scene play out. It's like I was there. It was like a vision. And I started to weep. I started to break down. And I felt so alone. I felt so unloved. And I just was like, I was broken before the Lord and these like strangers looking at me of like, oh my goodness, what has just happened, right? And we did something really profound, friends, in that moment. We invited Jesus to come and to invade that memory. We invited Jesus, come on in and invade this space. Invade Nick's memories and show him where you were that day. Because friends, he is not far. He's always near. He's always with us, right? And so it was this beautiful moment where where I kind of could see that picture playing out and Jesus appeared to me. He was there, friends, not just in the memory, but he, was, he showed me how he was there those, those 17 years ago in that bathroom and he, he was holding me, embracing me, letting me cry into his chest. And he was showing me how even when these kids weren't good to me, that he was still good to me. He still loved me. He still cared about me. And he was showing me that moment that he wanted to make me well. And so I, I realized this, this is the root, this is the root of my my kind of overambition. This is, this is a root of, of why I want to please others and, and, and I'm looking for validation and affirmation all the time because I didn't get it as a kid. I was bullied. And Jesus was like, I want to, I want to heal that. I want to go after that. And so I was able to forgive those I needed to forgive and renounce some lies over myself. And Jesus, friends, he healed me. He healed me deep in my soul. And I am now that much more whole because of what he did two years ago. I got really kind of emotional this week thinking about that, not because, of, not because of what happened to me, but because of what he did in those moments, how he healed me, how he wants to restore my soul and go after the broken places in my inner being. That's just who he is. That's what he wants to do. And the same thing that he did for me, you guys can go ahead, the same thing he did for, for me two years ago, he wants to do for you now, right this morning, this week, this year, He wants this to be a restorative year for some of you. So accept it. Be willing. Invite him in. Right? Intimacy with Jesus, friends, it's the ball game. That's that's where healing happens. It's only in his presence. True soul healing is only found in him. And the invitation has been given this morning. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come unto me, all who are brokenhearted. Come unto me, those of you who are in pain. Those of you who are suffering, who are in soul anguish, and I will mend you. I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my strength. I'll I'll pour out upon you the oil of joy and gladness. I'll restore your your life. I'll bring deep healing to your heart. I'll give you abundant life. So come to me. Come into my presence. And, And God is waiting, friends, for that invitation to heal your soul. He wants to do it. So I ask you this morning, will you bring him your wounds? Will you allow him to lead you in that healing process? Will you cooperate with him? Will you be honest with him and with yourself and with others? Will you do the hard work? Will you say yes to his healing this morning? Why don't we stand up together? We stand. And um, I just want to pray over you guys. And I want us to close our eyes right now. Close your eyes. And if you, if, if anything I've said this morning is kind of resonating in your, in, in you, inside of you, in your, your soul, you kind of feel hurt. 
you've been kind of feeling angsty or angry this morning, or you know that deep down inside of you there's something that needs the healing touch of Christ, I encourage you right now, in a moment of faith and boldness, is a declaration that, yes, I need you to touch me, Jesus. Put your hands out in front of you. Just posture of openness. Put your hands out in front of you. And let's invite him in, friends. Let's do it. Let's invite him in. Nobody's looking at each other right now. Every eye is closed. This is a moment between you and the Lord. So Jesus, we invite you in. We invite you to come and do what only you can do and to bring, to bring your goodness to us. To bring your love into our hearts. To touch us in the way that only you can. To heal us deep down inside, Lord, in our souls. We need you, Jesus. Apart from you, we can do nothing. And so come, Lord, come and and do this mighty work. And we just, we give you access, Lord, to the deep places. We know that, God, even though we've, we've done work, many of us have done hard work, there's still more to go, Lord. You want to make us fully well. And so we say yes to that, Jesus. And come and so be our healer today. Come, Holy Spirit, and be our comforter today. Come and illuminate the, those dark places in our hearts and souls and show us, God, where we need to go, where we need to follow you. Show us what you want to do, Lord. And I pray that you give us courage and boldness, Lord, to go after and to, and to acknowledge these places. Lord, thank you that the righteous are as bold as lions. Make us bold today, Lord, to go into these hard places, these hard memories, and to receive healing from you. And Jesus, thank you that you are there. Thank you that you're there even now. That you're healing. That you're restoring that you're mending, that you're lifting up, that you're changing memories entirely and showing us, God, that we were not alone, but that you were always there, our advocate, the lover of our souls. Thank you, Jesus. So may this week, may today, Thanksgiving Sunday, may he heal you and restore you, spirit, body, and soul. Amen? Amen. Just really quickly while you're standing, I just want to fire off a few more things. We kind of ask kind of, okay, what's next? What, what do I do? What are the next steps? I'm telling you, if you've not yet picked up this book, you got to do it, okay? Pick it up, Amazon, 15 bucks, order it, and start working through it uh, with, a, with a group of trusted individuals. Maybe for you, another step is just to pray and ask Jesus to lead you in this process. I, I don't know where to go from here. I need, I need, I need to, uh, Jesus, I need you to lead me. Maybe for you, it's to schedule an appointment with a pastor or with a Christian counselor, someone you can start processing this stuff with. And maybe even this morning you want to come up and our ministry team will be up here and you want them to pray for you, minister to you. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a physical need, uh, an emotional need, a spiritual need, whatever it is, come and we want to minister to you. So may the Lord lead you this week. Go and, and may he fill you with his fullness and his peace and his joy today on Thanksgiving Sunday. Bless you, friends. We'll see you next Sunday.